0: You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 61. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. This episode is brought to you by Stride Health, an online platform built to help U.S.-based independent creatives navigate the healthcare sign-up process. With Stride, you'll get access to amazing tools and a team of experts who can help you find the right plan to fit your needs. Head on over to stridehealth.com C-Y-O-P to find your perfect health plan for 2016. Today's show is a good one, you guys. After leaving Philadelphia, I headed for Greenville, South Carolina. Not only is the city incredibly charming, but it's also home to the studio of artist Emily Jeffords. Like me, many of you may be familiar with her work thanks to her blog and social media presence, and it was so exciting to meet her, tour her beautiful studio space, and chat with her about her career. In the interview, we cover Emily's tips for easing into a creative career— Her thoughts on collaborating with larger brands, the importance of having multiple revenue streams, and how she goes about earning her customers' trust. Emily is amazing, you guys, and I know you're going to dig this episode. So let's get to it. Hi, Emily. Hello. Thanks for letting me come to your studio here in Greenville. I appreciate it. Yeah, glad you're here. Most of those listening will probably know you as the artist you are today. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious how it all began. So will you share a little bit about your background and how you got to this point?
1: Yeah. Um, So I grew up in a very large family, and we were actually homeschooled because we lived in various places around the world growing up. Um, And because of that, I was really encouraged to just do what felt right for me. I mean, obviously, like stick to your studies, but I did a lot of music and a lot of like creative outlet kind of things as a kid. And actually, I was going to go to college for violin and, like, do that. Oh. And the last minute, I was like, you know what? Doing, like, violin performance kind of stresses me out. I love, like, the practice and the movement and, like, the um, the passion that's held in that instrument. But the performance, of it, which is how you make your money as a musician, was just really draining for me and really, like... Made me nervous, and um, in high school I did a lot of art, and that kind of had the opposite effect. I loved the practice, I loved the process, and I loved like creating the final piece. And you don't have to perform, and you don't have to be nervous. So, the last minute kind of rash decision I decided to do, um, I decided to do studio art instead. So that's kind of how I got to be an artist. Um, Loved college, loved my classes, loved like the variety of mediums you get to do in college. Um, and then I never stopped.
0: Yeah. So what other mediums in college? I mean, you you were just exploring.
1: Yeah. Oh, I did everything. Everything. Um, I took photography, I took, um, sculpture, watercolor. I did a lot of watercolor, actually. It was kind of my main medium. Um, oil, acrylic, everything. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: That had to be really fun.
1: It was fun. And I really miss that, like, that full inclusive variety that you get to have when you're, like, studying, but... You know, I really love oil the most, so I stuck with that.
0: Yeah. No, I've definitely thought about going back to school just because I miss it. I miss being able to explore things and have that freedom. So Yeah. So if anybody's listening and they're still in college, enjoy it while you can. Seriously. (laughs) And enjoy,
1: like, doing art while no one's watching you. Mm. Besides people who love you, who are, like, helping you become better. Um, There's a lot of value in, like being hidden still, and being able to make mistakes, and you know. Yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. learn while it's still safe to learn. So. Absolutely,
0: I couldn't agree more with that. So I've been following your work, speaking of creating in public, I've been following your work for what feels like a really long time in internet years, which mm-hmm. I joke that it's sort of like dog years. Oh, it's
1: like one or two, <laughs> but it feels like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it feels like forever.
0: So I'm curious, was there a particular moment or a collection of moments that, you know, when, when you sort of Felt your career shift from like just beginning to like it started to move in in a direction you had hoped it would move in.
1: Yeah, Um, I think that happened maybe like I would definitely two separate times, and then maybe even a third or fourth. The first time, I would call it my safe public years because it was still very private and very like my close friends and my family, you know, which was probably like four hundred to six hundred people but they felt like people that trusted me and that I trusted. So it was okay to make like really bold mistakes with them. Um, But I had my first baby and I was a stay at home mom because I wanted to be home with her and I felt a little bit restless and like she was such a good baby and she slept so much. I was just like, (laughs) I wasn't bored, but I needed something to do. Um, So something in my brain is a little bit crazy. And I decided that I would do a painting a day while she was an infant And that lasted for four months. Um, I did a painting a day, and I sold the paintings. I put them for sale the next day. Oh, okay. And my audience knew about that. I posted it on my blog. And again, it was a very safe group, mostly just friends and family. But that really jump-started my habit of creating repetitively um, and posting your work, like photographing it, you know, very professional, like how to get it online. That whole process kind of trained my mind from, you know, just practicing art and keeping it very private to making it very public. And then, you know, I continued doing that. We moved around a bit. My husband was in the Air Force for a little bit. Um, I began my blog, like my more, the blog that I still keep today, Beautiful Hello Blog. That began when my second daughter was born. Just being home and being very grounded at home gives me some like free time and some space to do some sure more creative things. So during that time, Beautiful Little Blog started. Um, and I was not creating as much art because we were living in this little apartment in Texas. It was very short term. So I put my creative focus into writing, into more networking, which definitely jumpstarted my online presence because I was very conscious about how to Promote my blog. I featured many, many artists. I kind of grew in my own personal aesthetic during those years. Because mm. I was studying other people's work and studying like a multitude of different masters and contemporary artists. And it was really good for me to like form my own opinions. Um, that would probably be the second. The second. Yeah, I think there's definitely three different times where my career kind of like became what it is today. If it's, it's not done growing, but you know. Of course. Um, the third would be. We moved back to Greenville, um, got my studio set up, it's super beautiful, I loved it. I began creating um, artwork, and again, I decided to push myself and do a a painting a day challenge. Just kind of like repetitive challenges really inspire me to do new things, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I decided I would do a landscape painting a day, and they would all be 16 by 20, they'd all be very affordable. I would sell them the day after I painted them. And this time, while well, last time I did this challenge, it was kind of like my friends and family were supporting me. This time, it was like the world noticed, and it was very scary and awesome and really wonderful. Um, and then I got so many commissions and so much really good positive feedback. And That was about two and a half years ago now, I think. Okay. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it's I've been growing. yeah I've been following your your projects that you do. Those. Yeah, like... I
1: love doing those like. Usually I do more short-term projects, like a month Mm -hmm. or maybe even two weeks of painting really um, dedicatedly, but they're really fun. Yeah.
0: Well, and uh, it is so interesting. I did the 100-day project. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And um, that is is impressive to me. It uh, it was really hard. 100 days is a long time.
0: Right. And so I did, you know, I'm not an artist. (laughs) Right. I like to paint for kicks. But yeah. I'm not good at it. Let's just put that out. There. Every artist is not good at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but you know, I did 100 days of discussion, and mm-hmm. so it was so interesting. I was supposed to just be between um, my husband and oh, I, yeah. so we just did like a question a day, like That's so awesome. getting to know That's each sweet. other again because we've been together for a really long time and. You know, I don't know, maybe his favorite color changed. So yeah, <laughs> you know questions really, you don't fun idea. Yeah, so questions you don't ask each other. But I was posting it on Instagram as well um, and I got to know my I community. Yeah. I and I, I had no yeah. no expectation and people just loved it. And so I'm like, I gosh, I kinda wanna ask more questions now. You know, I kinda wanna yeah. do that again. So, um so yeah, it was interesting to see the public side of it and yeah. the you know that home people really
1: respond to um, you dedicating a certain amount of time to something, mm-hmm. and they begin to trust that you're going to follow through because mm-hmm. you do for a like even if it's just three days in a row, they're like, "Oh, she's got this, and she's going to be here tomorrow." And yeah, I think they really like that like dedicated aspect. So
0: sure, sure. So they're yeah. fun; they're really fun to um, kind of dive into and and the, kind of think about the psychology behind them for both you know yourself and for wh- whomever yeah. you're creating for. So, um, so, yeah, I'm glad you do those. I like following I those. like them. They're a lot of fun. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because you're one of the most positive people I've encountered online. You're, Thank you. You're so kind. And you're generous with your time and all of that stuff. But you're also very open about the challenges of being a working artist mm-hmm. and that it's not an easy profession. It's not yeah, maybe as shiny as it looks from right. the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... I'm curious, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face day to day? And then also some of the rewards.
1: Um, I think I write a lot about the reality of being an artist. Because for one thing, I want my audience to understand like this isn't just a glamorous job. But for another thing, I want to kind of verbally process my own hardships. So I write a lot about like fear and overcoming um, the like the monotony and the struggle and like you get in your own head so deeply and it just becomes really yeah I think it's because we're alone a lot like um the solitude of only hearing yourself speak to yourself is a little bit dangerous sometimes for sure so having an outlet I use my blog as my place to write about these things and it really helps me to understand my own psychology a lot better and to like come to to come to terms with the beauty and the hardship of it And, like, having the community rally around those words is so powerful because it lets me know that I'm not alone, lets them know that they're not alone, and we can kind of come together in this understanding of the beautiful struggle, I guess, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think, when I say fear, I mean, like, uh, I'm not scared, but it's, like, the the pressure and the... um, it's a it's a big job, like, you know, producing work every day and having people critique it, you know, subtly. I don't think they actually are. I think people are really generous and really, like, very gracious and very accepting. But, you know, when it's just you talking to yourself, you hear the negative more than the positive. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep telling myself the positive And, like, I love when people tell me the positive, but I also want honesty to so, yourself.
0: Know. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's Fear is an interesting way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I... Am fearful every time I press like publish on right. something. Right, yeah,
1: you're exposing yourself, and the exposure, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel any different than it did in high school when you were like, you know, there's people that are watching you, and right. it just feels strange. And and yet the rewards are huge and powerful, and they have literally changed my life and my family's life. So I mean, obviously it's worth it. And that tiny bit of fear, and I have nothing to be afraid of. I know that. Like the worst that's going to happen is someone's like, oh, I'm not going to buy that painting whatever it's not my old tomorrow like it's not a big deal <laughs> right that's um, a good point so I have nothing I have no fear like literally no fear at all but um I think it's just like getting familiar with uncomfortableness and being mm-hmm. okay with that and then your comfort, your comfort level changes so that eventually you know what would have scared me two years ago is no big deal now at all right so just like letting that grow is really helpful
0: After a quick word from our sponsor, we'll hear more about what Emily does when she's feeling stuck or uninspired, how she works with larger brands, and much more. This episode is brought to you by Stride Health, an online platform built to help U.S.-based independent creatives navigate the healthcare sign-up process. Sometimes being a freelancer is complicated, but saving on healthcare shouldn't be. That's exactly where Stride Health comes in. They can save you hundreds of dollars per year on health insurance by helping you pick your perfect health insurance plan. Becoming a Stride member is free and gets you access to their plan finder, deals on prescriptions, money-saving tips, and an on-call support team who can answer any of your healthcare questions. One thing I didn't realize about health coverage is that so much changes from year to year. We all know that our needs change over time, but health insurance plans change price every year as well. Some as much as 32%. And now is the time to start getting your health care coverage situated open enrollment is currently underway which means you can now sign up add your current plan and compare multiple plans to make sure you've got the most beneficial and cost-effective coverage for you and yours you can visit stridehealth.com c-y-o-p sign up for a free account and actually talk to someone who can help walk you through the process and hopefully save you some money again to find out more and to sign up for support visit stridehealth.com c-y-o-p it happens with me all the time, I'm assuming it, it probably happens with you, there are times when it's hard to get the work done, or yeah. to pick up the paintbrush, or... Oh, yeah, or I had that week, last yeah. week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I heard it was really hot here last week, so maybe well, that was... no it. excuse, yeah. it's hot here. <laughs> um, but I'm curious what your cures are for yeah, getting, getting, getting unstuck. Over, yeah,
1: um, Cures for getting unstuck. So, I have... Like several phases of getting unstuck, it can be a really deep phase where I really just need to rest and I need to just let myself rest, and that's okay. Um, and that happens a couple times a year. In fact, I'm in that right now, where I'm not going to paint very much this week because I know, like, my mind is tired and my body is just really worn out. And I know that you know Christmas is coming up, so it's going to be mayhem. So right now I'm intentionally resting. Um, but last week I had to get some paintings done because I have commissions, and you know people are expecting things out of me. And I love that. Um, So last week, even though I was really tired and I was honestly going through a lot of um, that self-doubt and that fear that I just talked about, just do it. Like just pick up the brush and make a mess. And no one has to see it. No one has to critique it. You don't have to show anybody. Um, But that is my go-to resolution. My go-to solution for everything is just do it. And 90% of the time, it works out great. And the other 10%, no one sees it. And that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely the best. And then, like, doing the, like, committing to a challenge, committing to, you know, maybe a week of whatever you need to do. Like, do it once a day, every day for a week. That'll train your brain to just get past whatever is blocking it. And it will unlock something really beautiful. So,
0: Yeah. For me, I find that half the time that feeling stuck is more... Feeling like I want to procrastinate for oh, some for reason. Oh, for sure. I am a big procrastinator, and for I sure, I feel like I yes. didn't used to be, but it's
1: it's kind well, of creeping yeah. into my
0: world as as I'm you know more on my own, you know, no, working for, for myself. Sure. So so yeah, there. I think there are a lot of factors involved, but mm-hmm. I think we all need tools to kind of get us past that. Yeah. Even if it's like you said, if it's yeah. rest, rest. If you got to yeah, if you need to journal it out, that's cool yeah, too. for sure.
1: And. You know, maybe you're, you're feeling stuck because the thing that you need to do is a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. So maybe you just do something exciting for a day. Like, I love buying new art supplies that I've never used before. And usually, honestly, when I try them, I don't know what I'm doing I and mean, it's a mess and it looks really weird. And I don't sell that painting because it's just structurally unsound <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but that act of, like, just trying something new is really empowering and it lets you rekindle why you love whatever you do. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good
0: idea, too. I like that. Yeah. Over the last few years, you've started collaborating in some really cool yeah. ways. Um, again, I've found most of these collaborations through Instagram. So mm-hmm. following Instagram, Instagram is the best. Yeah. So you've worked with companies like Minted, and you've even had your artwork featured on a new clothing line, which mm-hmm. is super cool yeah, and so um, unexpected, I think. I think mm-hmm. that's the best part. So can you talk a bit about those types of partnerships and how how they've grown your business?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different partnerships in the works right now. Um, some of them I have approached, like Minted, I approached Minted. And Minted works in a series of contests. So I entered some contests mm-hmm. and they, um, awesome, they selected several of my pieces and that's really a lot of fun. And they do a really good job of you know cross-promoting and um, their product is really beautiful. So that works out beautifully for me. Um, another... Type of partnership would be like like the clothing line, or um, I work with Land of Nod and a couple mm-hmm. other like companies mm-hmm. along those lines, and they have all found me and approached me um, with a very specific idea in mind. So it's kind of like I love having my finger in a lot of pots because um, as a small business, I need to have like a, a generous source of revenue because you know there's always going to be some time when one of them is lacking or one of them is abundant. Um, so having a nice cross stream of money and coming in is always helpful. So, yeah. It's, and it's so fun to do like all these random projects. So, right. Yeah. That's
0: what I was curious about. Like how does it help you sort of break out of what you're used to doing to yeah. kind of turn um, your brain onto those projects?
1: I really, so for instance, the one planned of not, it is coming out. I think it comes out like this month. They are doing a series of baby quilts with my painting, like, all over the quilt. And they, like, embroidered it and made it this gorgeous, like, textural thing. Wow. So it's That's really exciting. beautiful. I know, I know. I'm so excited to get my prototype. Yeah. I don't have a baby, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so that kind of project, like, we had to start from the beginning and talk about thread color and talk about, like, um, the aesthetics of the nursery will be staged. And so kind of full oh, okay. scale, like how is this thing going to look in the catalog and in, in the person's home? How is it going to feel? Um, so designing for that, like that scope was a lot of fun. Um, other times they just are like, Hey, I like the, that painting, can I make it into a shirt? And I'm like, Oh shit, that'd be awesome. Pay me some money and it's yours. Yeah. Okay. Right. So much easier. Um, but I like them both for sure.
0: Yeah. And so I have a kind of a technical business question so when you do collaborations like that what's the process I know you said sometimes you reach out and sometimes they yeah. reach out so when you said you know yeah you can have it you just pay me and so is it like right. a licensing
1: thing or yeah. how does that work mm-hmm. it's various forms of licensing
0: okay um do you have somebody to like help you with that or do you just
1: I do it uh I'm just curious I'm a little bit left brain as well so okay that, that helps for sure and my okay. husband's really really analytical that's his job so he's definitely helpful But yeah, usually it's, um, I try to limit the licensing so they only get rights to reproduce my artwork on, let's say, just on greeting cards or just on shirts for clothing and like fashion in general. Um, That way I still have the flexibility to use that piece wherever else I want to. I So that's my favorite way to do it for sure. Um, Every now and then, like for instance, with Land of Nod, I had to like, Designed for them, so that was a little bit different.
0: Oh, sure. So, so it was like a, a more they of a custom own that artwork.
1: They own everything about it, so yeah.
0: So it's almost like doing a commission piece, right. but yeah, exactly. For a, it's going to be in larger production.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see.
0: Okay, I'm just curious how that works. I'm, yeah, like I said, it's I'm... a
1: variety, and you can. I think as an artist, you have to kind of know what you want from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just ask for the rights to reproduce, and I'm like, well, you can't have the rights to reproduce on like everything because I'm still going to sell this artwork in my shop. So let's agree to the rights to reproduce on socks or on, I haven't done that one yet. That's kind of random, but just on, on lamps or whatever. Very specific.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's smart. That's a, that's actually good good advice. Um, and so you, you kind of touched on diversification a little bit. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk about besides, so you've got, you know, your shop, you've got commissions, Mm -hmm. you've got collaborations. What else? you have in the works like what Um, what other yeah
1: so those are kind of products that people can buy and bring into their homes um I you know sell originals I sell commissions I sell um, canvas prints and that's that's pretty much all that I personally work on um order fulfillment for um but I also love to do a lot of consultations with other artists Mm -hmm. so I do I help other artists think through their business and through their own portfolio and like, what's going to be effective for you to reach the world with, um, and how can you do that better on social media and on your website? So that is so much fun for me, because I get to, like, help an artist tell their story, and, like, it's hard to see your story from the inside, but having outside eyes is really, really fun for me to do. Um, I do workshops as well with people who are not, I mean, usually they're they're mild artists, but more just, like, um, weekend artists or
0: something. Yeah, hobbyists
1: like, almost. Yeah, yeah. So we do those, um, like once a quarter. Those are a lot of fun. Those are in my studio, and they're really beautiful and like happy. So people come
0: in here and yeah, and mm-hmm. paint. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's a beautiful it from... studio for it.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's gorgeous, and yeah, people have come from California and Utah, and really, and Ohio. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, been coming in for a two day course. This is so much fun. Yeah, that's amazing. So we make it really worth their time and um, as fun as possible, for sure. Good.
0: That's, that's awesome. That would be a really fun class to take. Yeah. All right. I have to keep that in mind. Definitely. (laughs) Um, for next time I'm in Greenville. Right. Next
1: time we just happen to drive through. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'll make it, I'll make it happen. Um, okay. So speaking of Greenville, so you've lived in a lot of different places, like Mm -hmm. you said, um, you moved around a lot. So what, what ultimately made you kind of decide to set up shop here?
1: Like, I feel like life evolves in a way that you just kind of land somewhere eventually. But I would say that we decided to stay in Greenville. We lived in Charleston and I grew up in various countries around the world um, as a kid. But there's something really beautiful about living somewhere that is small-ish. I mean Greenville's a city and you can do whatever. There's there's anthropology here, so I'm okay. Like it's that <laughs> it's that size. Yeah. But um it's still small enough where the community is so receptive and they know me, and like I've only been here for three years or three and a half years and I would say everyone who wants to buy a painting has probably heard of me which is really cool like that wouldn't happen if we were in New York or if we were in LA um it has to be much bigger and spend much more time nurturing that kind of uh, reputation so that's really cool also it's really affordable my studio is huge and we can afford this which is amazing um but and I think it's also a really good place to kind of bounce around from like we plan to spend a lot of time in Europe next year um and because this is such a beautiful affordable place we can do that so right there's a lot of
0: it's a good home base yeah and what about the creative community here
1: the creative community here again it's the city itself is small so it's a little bit small as well Um, I would say maybe 200 people or so are like full-time creatives here okay but you know, the studio that I'm in has nine artists in it, and that's really vibrant, and really, we're here every day working together, so that's really, really powerful. Um, yeah, it's it's a really close-knit community, for sure, in general. There are monthly, like, gatherings that we go to, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I can tell just kind of walking around the downtown and, yeah. you know, checking out different places. It's very
1: vibrant, and I think it's, it's an up-and-coming city, so everyone here is really excited about it, and, mm-hmm. like... You know, there's a lot of pride, so that's yeah. Good. No, that's good. That's We're good. not natives, but we still
0: feel it. So, that's good. <laughs> well, um, I've, I've definitely enjoyed my time so far. So, good. For those listening who maybe want to launch into a creative career, whether that's art or you know some other creative industry, mm-hmm. what advice would you have for them?
1: The first thing you need to do if you want to have a creative career, and that would. I'm going to talk about maybe how to be a maker, whatever that might be. So first of all, develop your portfolio. Get your, whatever you want to offer the world, get that together really beautifully and concisely. Um, You can be really editorial about it. You know, take some things out that don't speak to your vision really beautifully. Add some things, like if you you love doing bird paintings, then do 10 bird paintings and make them really um, united and really beautiful. If you like making leather bags, make... Make a certain number of them that are going to fit together in a collection really beautifully. Um, and once you've done that, that's when you can begin to launch your work into the world more powerfully. You're going to make a bigger impact and make a bigger presence in the creative world. Um, so make sure your website's beautiful, the collection, and then make sure that you're ready for this because it can be something you may need to grow into. So if you need to space this out and make it like a little bit a little bit slower pace. Um, Maybe your first year you are kind of breaking into this world, but if you announce yourself really big at the beginning, and you might be flooded with business and flooded with um, press and and interviews and you know all the awesome stuff that we look forward to, but it can be a lot to take on at first. So I would recommend growing into it over the course of six months or a year um, just so you're not overwhelmed and therefore burnt out.
0: Mm-hmm. That's um, really good advice. Yeah. I, de- I have definitely done both things. Right. Where All I've right. grown into something Yeah, um, and just said, okay, I'm going to do this thing in this little corner. Right. Nobody's really going to know. Right. Um, and then I've also done things where I'm like, boom, I'm doing this thing. And mm-hmm. I find that growing into it ultimately, even though it's harder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have it. to be slow. Like it could be... Like just do what you're capable of doing. Right. So if you're capable of making, you know, four hot pots a week, or not hot pots, hot pads. <laughs> yeah. Um, then just do that, and don't don't advertise that you're going to make four hundred. Right. You know. Right. Um, set expectations where they should be, and make sure that your your buyers can trust you. Mm-hmm. That is way more valuable than anything else in the entire in your whole career for sure. Um, the moment that you lose your trust, you need to start over and really come to terms with what you're doing. So I've done that before. So that's why I'm speaking from experience.
0: Yeah. But that's helpful, I think. Yeah, it's helpful to know really. that, um, again, because things do look pretty shiny right. from the outside. And we've all flubbed up. For sure. On and multiple occasions. Yeah, and I
1: think that you can totally mess up. But just make sure that you're being really honest about your mess ups. Yeah. To, I mean, not to the world, but... Um, if you've messed up shipping for someone, just make sure they're well aware of I and mean, you're going to bend over backwards to make it right. I yeah. think that's
0: all they, that's all they expect. So. Yeah. A little customer service yes, goes a sure. long way. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really, really good advice. Okay. So we're just wrapping things up. So I'm curious the best places online to find out more about you and your work. Well,
1: my website's the best for sure. Emilyjeffords.com. Um, I love Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash Emily underscore Jeffords. Okay. And my blog It's kind of where I ramble once a month or something. I don't blog every day. Yes, who has time for that? Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, once a month or so, I just pour my heart into something, and it's long and ridiculous, and I love it. So that
0: works. yeah, yeah, it's still blogging's still useful.
1: Yeah, for so, sure. I yeah. feel like Instagram is like my little mini blog now, but
0: yeah, I feel like a lot of people have shifted mm-hmm. into that realm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, when... that'll
1: be fun to watch. Yeah.
0: So, all right. Well, thank you for your time today. You're I really welcome. appreciate thank it. you that was Emily, you guys. As she mentioned, you can find all of her work at emilyjeffords.com, but be sure to head over to Instagram as well. Her feed is beautiful. You can find her at emily underscore jeffords, and you can find me at Jennifer E. Snyder. As usual, I'm linking up to everything Emily mentioned today over in the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com, so check that out if you need a little bit more detail. And remember, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, and share it with those who might need to hear it. Thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll catch you next time.